everyone, welcome to the Dougal podcast with myself, Rob Watson, and this is episode 10, made it into double figures. I've got to say, you know, I'm pretty proud, pretty proud that I made it to 10. Um, I'm actually giving myself a, a pat on the back as I, I mentioned this, and um, from what I understand in terms of people who start podcasts, supposedly 13 is the number that you got to get past. From what I hear is that a lot of people will start one, but by it gets to there, they don't really push back through the past through number 13 because they haven't been getting the listeners and them kind of things, and maybe the excitement of it has, has gone away. So that'll be me. So if I'm still around after 13, you can probably tell that I'm going to be in it for the long haul. And it feels that way for me. I'm still getting a buzz off it. I'm still really enjoying it. And this episode is no different to that. In this one, I was I visited talented illustrator and author Matt Sewell in his studio in Shrewsbury through his passion for illustrating birds Matt is inspiring and educating people young and old all over the world helping them to reconnect with these beautiful creatures which I believe is helping us give a deeper appreciation for them and for everything that is around us Matt shares how this all began for him going right back to how this adventure started you know he discusses how while he was away traveling he was able to tap back into his younger self and remember his deep fascination his deep love for birds growing up and how that's then spawned a new way of going forward in his career which has then led to over 10 books being published in recent years he's also a regular at festivals as well throughout the country which is he's teaching hundreds of other people how to draw birds uh, through his workshops and he's also putting his skills to plenty of good uses as well, supporting worthwhile causes for the likes of Greenpeace, the RSPB and the Wildlife Trust. So all in all, I do believe Matt is doing a lot of good in the world. And I think this episode, it's not just for nature lovers. I think it's for anyone who's looking to bring some more fun, play and creativity into your daily life. So without further ado, on to the episode. So it sounds like, you know, you've got a pretty amazing like work life. You know, you're, you're an armed illustrator and you're a published author and you're, you know, making a living doing something that you, you know, totally love. When did, when did you, like, know that you wanted to, like, become an illustrator? Um, I think, well, the fact of being an illustrator didn't come into it till much later because I didn't even know what an illustrator was. But I think right from being in school, like, young, like seven or eight kind of age was kind of got the fact that I really liked creating things and drawing and painting and always like, had that same feeling and there is always I just knew I wanted to be doing that and it was always and it, you know, I mean I originally started wanting to do film and stuff like that you know animation um, but it was all even just making things was the same it's drawing and that and um, it all it was like a no-brainer that I would go to do art at college you know there was never it was just never a it was never an option I was always going to be doing it you know it was just it wasn't ever a moment of like all oh, right yeah I can this is going to be my career now it's like that's what I'm going to do as simple as that you know <laughs> I can't really I can't really put it any other way really so when you say about seven or eight, was that encouraged mainly from school or was it people in your family, parents that were, you know, in like artistic or? Yeah, like my mum's artistic. She paints a lot and draws and uh, she could 
she she could have been very artistic like in her career and stuff like that but you know she didn't really choose to be but she's always done stuff and at school as well I remember, like I was pushed uh, a little bit even when I was really young and I've there's like I remember being able you know the snowman the uh, Raymond Briggs I was able to draw that really well and the school got me to make posters for their uh, and like cutouts for the back of the production they were doing I was just really young I was probably only like eight or nine or something like that and and like I knew then like it's getting me out of classes and I was just doing this stuff and like I could just use all you know when the big sheets of sugar paper come out at school and then you have to be like you get a sheet each you have to be careful with it I was just giving loads of it and I was just like look at all that it's amazing and um, yeah and then I had a good teacher when I was doing my GCSEs as well Mr Culkin he um, he like pushed me you know just got me you could see like I had like the creative spark and he would just kind of like feed me a little bit like how about you do this how about you do that um, you know just don't think of it as just sitting there and drawing think of you know wow you can take this to a next thing and that that drawing can feed this painting and that painting can feed that sculpture and you know that was I think that, that kind of logical progress with creativity like isn't always taught it's quite often just about drawing that picture and then that's it you know but it's all part of a bigger a bigger thing which I kind of cotton on to quite quite early on you know and that's and I've tried to keep that thing that playful kind of element of because I will I mean quite often I'll just do big bodies of work with watercolors and stuff but I'm always trying to do use different pens or try just doing different stuff and I'll work if I get like five minutes I'll work on something and just think or like a couple of days and something and sometimes it's like oh well that that works wasted but then I can always just come back to it and and those things have like been record covers and stuff like that you know what I mean they're just fed on yeah, so I've always tried to keep that kind of playful element. Great stuff. So it sounds like the scene was set early on then, seven or eight, literally doing scenes <laughs> yeah, and stuff like that. And that kind of looked like it maybe got you out of doing other things because you could really focus on that. Yeah. How was it maybe in other subjects and stuff in school? Were you interested in them? Were you engaged in them? Or was it mainly just you were just all in on art? I liked history and... I struggled with everything else, I think, just about maths, really bad, like, skiving off, you know, having panic attacks in tests and, you know, like, even though, like, having, like, being so young and, like, having to feign to be ill to get out of tests, you know what I mean, like, get out of classes and stuff, I'd give myself nosebleeds very easily you know <laughs> and our mates would say Matt give yourself a nosebleed so we can get out you know and I'd sit there and go dum, dum, dum. <laughs> and blood on my hand so and they'd be like oh Matt he's got a nosebleed so, so we'd just go out so we'd just get out of the lesson but yeah um, so maths still is a real struggle English I really struggled with um, until a teacher came in and I think we were in like doing my mocks I think I'd just done my mocks and I'd got an E or an F you know for English and it was one of those things of like oh I'm terrible you know it's just it's like a write off but it was always kind of like well I've got the R you know so I'll just do that and um, 
and then a new teacher came in and she looked through my work and she went look you can you can do this you just you do everything back to front and your spelling's terrible you know and it was like if you can turn your sentences the other way around it makes perfect sense it was really strange so she got me to stay behind uh, Mrs Dixon she's called and um so after school I stayed back and I ended up getting a B in English lit and uh and that was really cool <laughs> basically because it was totally like this is I've lost this you know but yeah and I got a C in language as well so yeah so that was kind of it was just a, it, yeah I didn't like school that much but it was it was a laugh you know it, it was yeah it was not it's not like the I think the system's quite different these days you know um what do you but, think better worse oh it's worse yeah you got kids and yeah yeah how old are they eight and a half and like five and a half all right so, one, so, so yeah. both in school yeah yeah and yeah i mean i just remember being able to do more art and they just don't take there's just and i know i'm coming from that point of view but there's no yeah it's quite it's it's, it's a different setup for them these days and i do i think that's why you got to do more outside of school yeah as well it very much feels like you know the system is set up in a way it almost like creative skills and and courses and and projects and stuff like almost being pushed out and you know the more focus is on the tests and the pressure and the stress like you said you know you'd have panic attacks doing yeah. maths tests and stuff and pressures even more mm. and and then it, it seems crazy as well because when you look at the economy and you see how of an impact the creative industries have on the economy it's huge like the British you know we've got some of the best creative people in, yeah. in the world yeah, yeah, some totally. of the greatest ideas mm. that should be really nurtured and really harnessed but it just seems like it's just being left behind and aren't they potentially taking some out of the curriculum maybe or like it just seems bonkers yeah no no yeah it's, it's insane and that's happening from such an early age as well you know it's like kids should be playing you know even even at eight eight year old, they still should be having like that playful aspect coming into things, you know, especially for imagination and creativity. But it's you know it's all about maths and spelling, you know, and sometimes projects that have got nothing to do with anything. You're like, why why is a six seven year old learning about war, you know, World War Two? It's like why don't I don't want that, you know. It's ridiculous. Like about all the things they could learn about such an early age. It's about, you know, murder, you know. So, yeah. And, you know, I was thinking at the in the previous podcast I just touched on a bit of stuff like that. Wouldn't it be better if we were really teaching some of the kids like life skills? Like how much did you actually learn through school that when you left school or now it's relevant and actually helps you out in the world? You know, how does it help you want to start a business? okay you can do business studies but generally a lot of it is memorize this and then repeat it in a test and then once you've done your test you can just it's it sort of just like fades from your memory yeah it feels like more like project based should be better people should be working in teams because mm-hmm. very really when we go on the outside world do we actually just work on our own yeah right. you know like for mm-hmm. instance you'll be you know writing books and doing illustrations for it but you'll still have a publisher you'll still be working mm-hmm. with them if you still got to know how to to do all that but yeah 
Anyway, we could talk about school system. Could you? do, a long time. <laughs> but I really, um, it's really nice to get a bit more of a background for you because it's nice that to hear that your mum was very much like, you know, you know, a painter, a drawer, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's really important. Like I know for myself, I had my, my mum and dad weren't necessarily, my dad was good at technical drawing, um, but my granddad was an amazing painter. Oh, wow. And sketcher. And I'd go around there and he'd t- he actually taught me how to, to draw. And I'd see all these big ships that you would paint and oh, stuff amazing. like that. I've got one of them in our living room. Brilliant. So it's nice that just to have that. I think it's important to have that anchor or that some sort of thing. So, so you said um, you had, and it's nice that you touched on some of your teachers and stuff. And then you went for your GCSEs. Where did you go off to to art college? Yeah, I went to uh, sixth form. Went to a place called Concert, outside of uh, Newcastle, um, which, and I did a B Tech in uh, art and design I think it was called so it was a bit more of a tech kind of college and uh, it was a bit of a move it was a proper bit of a ballsy move in a way because all my mates they were going to uh, sixth form in Durham which was just it's like 20 minutes on the bus from where we live Um, but concert like by bus was at least an hour and a half I think you'd have to I'd have to get a bus into Durham and then a bus over to concert or like it was half an hour in the car as the crow flies right over the moors um, and I couldn't drive <laughs> you know uh, I did for you know I, I, I passed my test towards the end so I was driving over but it was a bit of a, a full on move to go away but um, and I hated it at first and like I was gonna quit you know because I was having to get up really early and uh, I mean I was used to getting up because I had a, a uh, paper round before that you know and so it was kind of used to just getting up and do stuff but it was just full on I kind of got into it I really liked the um, we were doing it was just art the whole way through doing different kinds of things like sewing pottery fine art um, graphic design uh, desert photography uh, you know every just doing everything you know and and I loved it, you know, and I made a new bunch of mates and I'd quite often stop through there. Yeah, and it was, in a, I think it really paid off because it just made me a lot more confident in being around and meet, getting to know people and, you know, or kind of recognising someone and thinking, yeah, here we've got things in common rather than just, than just living in the same town, you know. Like that's when music became really, really important and, uh, yeah. And then on from there to university, another kind of more of a tech kind of place, but that was Ipswich. So I got in this, uh, it was like a modular degree course. And really why I took it for is because I had animation and I really wanted to do animation. Um, but that was until the second year. And uh, yeah, it was full on party mode, basically for the first first two years of it, I think. And uh yeah, and by the time I got to animation, I, I wasn't really, I wasn't really into it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't my bag. But that's how I kind of discovered illustration, really. You know, and then from there, it kind of all started going, really. You know. And then have you? So you you would have finished university. You've always worked for yourself. Always been a freelancer, or have you actually gone in and worked in companies? As a creative. Yeah. No, just me. Yeah. Always. Um, I've like looked for jobs but I mean there's no I mean I know I've heard people have like worked as illustrators for companies and that but 
you know, I've had loads of jobs, you know, just regular jobs earning money, you know, just to survive, you know. Um, but it's always been very much a uh, attitude of just blagging it, going for it, just doing a bit of anything, just and also like jumping in at the deep end and quitting jobs and just like going for it, you know, and just trying to just see what happens, just like try and meet people and get work and say, oh, I can do that. And, and when you can't, but learn on the job, you know, kind of thing. Especially when I started out, just kind of doing a bit of all kinds of stuff, really. Yeah, sound, that must be really empowering to feel like, you know, you have been working for yourself for so long and it's worked and you can, no matter what, you'll, yeah, I'll find a job, I'll find some commissions or start to do my own stuff. Um, yeah, it's liberating. Yeah, in many yeah. Ways. yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of times of being utterly skint, you know, and uh, be found a way. Yeah, exactly. You get through, you know, and 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 yeah, it's but it, I yeah, couldn't couldn't really go back to getting a full time job. <laughs> really, it doesn't seem like you need to at the moment. No, no, definitely not. No. So one thing I'll be sure to do when I show the podcast is include some of the, your work and your images and one thing's for sure is that you know nature is has a massive play and a role particularly your love of birds that really just shines right the way through what first inspired you to to be you know painting and drawing birds well they've always been there through my art you know i did grow i grew up in even though it is a ex mining town it's you know, it, it's still surrounded by nature. Like, I just remember, like, when I look back, I've had to be, you know, thinking about my childhood. I just, like, visually, I remember hills and the blue, like, fields on fire, you know, because they would just burn off the crops. You know, it was always be a field on fire somewhere. Cars coming down with, like, snow on the roofs, even though you didn't see any snow, but you, because you're right at the foothills of the, of the dales, you know, that it shouldn't be, like, there's oh, this car covered in snow you know just like things like that and and because you know where where I grew up there's always lots of birds we used to feed them I just had that kind of interest got quite got a bit nerdy about it when I was little like wanting to be tested on the bird book you know it was like my thing you know it was like you know five or six like learning all the birds and stuff like that and then seeing them and getting that buzz you know getting a proper kick you know and then that kind of just that kind of died out by the time I was a teenager I guess you know getting into music and that and then and then really died out but it's getting older you know but it would always be part of my artwork and when I ever used to get the chance I would go off on walks and I always used to like my dad me and dad used to go to the lakes and up to Scotland and stuff like that I'd and uh, so that's always been a big part of my life but um I think the birds really kicked off when um my wife Jess is a, a nurse and we got together and I was like really sick of what I was doing when I was living in Brighton I was doing loads of commercial work that was just not you know not ticking any boxes for me how far back is that this would be probably 2005 six and um I was really sick of it and even my own personal work I was doing, I was really trying to like, oh, I'll get, I'll 
try to make it more psychedelic or like just cooler or whatever you know and it just wasn't happening everything everything I was doing was just flat and it just didn't like not digging it at all and Jess was kind of like right well let's go to Australia see what happens you know start a new career we could live there we could do you know we just travel let's just see what happens so we just kind of jacked it all in I said well, of course, well, you know, exactly. I was working for yourself, actually. That was when I was doing the uh, the NHS job, you know, in huts in Thailand and stuff like that, and then finding like somewhere to send it and taking forever to send, you know. And so I was doing work like that, and it was fantastic. It was, like, amazing traveling around, and then we were doing the same. I think it was in Australia, actually, as well. I was carrying on doing, <laughs> trying to send files, but... I'd always remember, like, my friend John Joe, he'd send emails with loads of music on. When you're at home, that's amazing. You get introduced to loads of new music. But when you've got to wait for these emails to download before you can do anything with some, like, random garage music on it or something, you know, and, yeah, and no matter how many times I emailed and said, look, stop, can you just take me off your list or whatever. But, um, the internet was pretty slow back then. Yeah, yeah, oh, it was shocking. But... Um, but when we were in Australia, I was just doing loads of bird spotting. There was birds everywhere. It was amazing. Just, you didn't need to try, you know. And and it would be the same as, you know, the, the everyday birds. You've got amazing everyday birds here in Europe. But Australia, it was just the new, it was the new, you know. Because I, I knew all the British birds, you know. But I hadn't seen them all. But, you know, you get used to it. But I still, anyway. And, uh, and my mate Tomo got me, like, it's really good. Australian bird book and I was like keeping going through that and I was like ticking them off and you know it just there was like my I can't even really remember reading that many other books I was just got obsessed again like I was when I was a kid and um, it uh, I started like thinking you know all right okay maybe I should start doing using them more in my artwork you know it is more of a, a focal kind of sense and um and at the time as well i'd got uh, uh jess was really into yoga massively especially then and in the meditation side of things as well and we did a um remember picking up a magazine and i would like recognize this guy's face and i said to jess oh you know this guy don't you who is it and it was uh yogananda you know paramahansa yogananda and there was uh his school of yoga which Kriya Yoga were doing courses, initiation and courses in uh, Melbourne it's, and so we lived in Melbourne for six months and this was right at the beginning and um, and she was like oh, brilliant oh, do you fancy doing it? and I was oh, yeah whatever and, um, and basically it was this, this uh, Swami this, or he was a scientist um, but you know proper Indian monk but uh you know and he just like kind of okra uh, uh short you know kind of dreading his yeah. crow you know and just sat there and he talked and it was so out there it was amazing and and that was for like two days and then we learned got initiated and learned this yoga uh, kriya yoga it's very um it's all about breath and moving the breath around and chakras and all this kind of stuff and it was amazing and uh, I got really into it and um, 
and at the same time I was painting loads of graffiti with uh, it was uh, my friend Tom who had met over here and then ended up just very luckily moving living really close by so he introduced me to his mates and we just go out doing tons of graffiti all the time and then I'd be doing tons of this meditation and I was I was just like flying from it it was really really good and it was and a lot of this the stuff that the um, the, um, that the Swami said was you know you have to you have to live your life like you surround yourself with what you, with what is good and if you are what you eat you know in a sense you know you if you're just being like this being a lot of if surrounding yourself with negativity or like even like really harsh dark music and stuff it's like that's that's if that's what you're consuming that's what you're going to give out and that's what you're going to get get back as well and it was like right okay so i had to know yeah, all this old work i'd been doing that you know no way and like what is like the most positive thing and that at the time was like well, it's birds you know because i could just go right back to the beginning of like being a kid and just buzzing off birds and i still have that same feeling and it was like magnified in australia because it was this discovery about it you know and um and it was like right when i get back i'm gonna i'm gonna focus on on birds and yeah and and i had to because the, that was like they got back after the credit crunch and i had hardly any clients all of the magazines that i'd been working for they'd all folded you know and it was kind of start again and it was a really good time to start again basically because uh i was in general because we've been away for like maybe 14 15 months i think you know and that was and it doesn't sound that long but it was different I totally changed everyone you know it was it was really weird getting back it took me ages to get my feet back on the ground being in the UK just being me again you know it was really weird but it was like the perfect time to to start again really and snowballed totally snowballed that's amazing hearing that I just love that journey that you've gone on and and what's interesting that really stands out for me that is like you know that thing that your child and you talk about when you're four or five and you're excited about birds and you're, you're learning and mesmerizing, like you got so excited about that. And little did you know how much that was planting seeds for you way ahead, mm. you know. And then also, you being in Australia and working with you know with the Yogananda techniques and doing the breath work, and then you're then able to whatever you're consuming through that meditation and breathing, you've then got a, a way to express that through your graffiti and your murals. Like mm. it was like a they're both completely interlinked. Like I'd imagine, you know, your artwork, you doing them breath work and meditation only enhances all your artwork and then your artwork enhances your meditation. It's very... Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's, 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 it's really turned into a very important side of my life, really, isn't it? I can't, I mean, I wish, I really wish I had the time again and to be able to do, I mean, I stopped doing career because I... We would. It was quite a complicated thing, and it was never really written down. And you're supposed to be in a class to do it um, with other people. That's when it's stronger. And um, but you do. But I would do it at home twice a day. And it's like. And the thing is, it's kind of like it's about an hour each time. You know, don't have time. And uh, but felt so amazing. But um, yeah, it's gone on to fight. You know, gone on to 
you know, learning other techniques and stuff, what is more suitable now um, for like an everyday practice while you're busy and you've got kids and you know, and the dog as well. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, tricky to juggle it all. Yeah, exactly. So you touched on your wife, she's a nurse and she's very much into yoga. Is she still got any of them spiritual practices for herself now? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it's really important. She's, you know, she's such a guide, you know, for me. She's a lovely, lovely person. Like, and like, I always learn so much from her about how to be with people, you know. And like, she always like, she's oh, I don't have any skills, you know. I've got not very good at any, anything, like you know. But it's like we always like take the pace and like, so she's got the people skills, you know. And and she she's just like she's introduced me to so much along those lines you know and she was like me she was a proper party head in the past and you know you know had to and has still has those ways you know but um she, she you know she did teach yoga for a bit um but was not in you know it kind of ruined yoga for her in a sense because she was having to compete and get herself out there which is just like not her you know she's not on social media at all you know so suddenly having to do all of that you know is just you know so it was really hard for her because she was like doing the whole yoga teaching thing while um like learning while uh hebden bridge while while we had our first little you know so even before you know so she took time out from important times to do that so for her to stop doing it was quite a big thing but she's rediscovered I love for it again in it because I think the old you change don't you and like when she was like in her 20s doing all of the yoga and Brighton and stuff it was just, it was full on but then as you get older and everything changes and it has to fit in with how you do it and now, now for her it's more of just having a nice community of people and it's not doing all of the really crazy uh, st- stuff you know but um, yeah we've we both tried do different things out, you know, and did we, uh, when we were in Thailand, actually, we were at the, you know, Agama, you know, there's been, it's been getting quite, it's got a hell of a lot of bad press recently. No, The guy is, like, uh, under serious charges for sex uh, allegations and stuff. But, yeah, we were there, we were kind of signed up to do that for a month, and we left after a couple of weeks. It was... It was amazing, like, what you, some of the things you learned was amazing, some really good full-on techniques, but it was proper brainwashy. We could see it right from the beginning, and it was quite culty, you know, and to, uh, so you go through all these different stages, and there was people there had been there for years, in a sense, like, going through it all, but to, to, to kind of complete it, you have to have sex with him, basically. <laughs> you know um, what I mean? It was in, and it was in the rough guide. It was in the rough guide. But uh, Lonely Planet, I mean. It was in the Lonely Planet. <laughs> Dodgy is that. But they've just reopened, apparently. I don't know what they But I think he's on the run or something. I don't know. But it's been all over the Guardian and stuff like that. But yeah, we kind of... Uh, so yeah. there's a few alarm bells going off early on. Yeah, exactly. So we did one out there. But there's, it, was a stra- it was a strange one, that one. But yeah. T- I bet. Over, yeah, yeah. You got in your head. With the, you had some brainwashing techniques. It was all this, you're doing this thing with your head like that. Twitching it from side to side to start off with. I was like, what is this? Never seen this and anything else before. And I, it'd be quite interesting to know if that is like a actual brainwashing technique. 
because mm. uh, it just certain things just couldn't get out of my head for for months afterwards. Wow. And we were only there for like well, it wasn't even two weeks. You know, we kind of got our money, managed to blag it, get our money back, and did one. But uh, wow. yeah. Sorry, that was just in my head because no, I saw it in the paper the other day. It's a um, good story to tell. Have you <laughs> come across documentary on on Netflix, Osho? Yeah. You watch the Osho documentary? Yeah, yeah. Now that is like, mm. it's either Marshila um, runs, goes off on one yeah, with yeah. her vision because she's, you know, stuff or what, but it seems at the beginning, it's, it, so much of them... It felt like it was done for the right re- reason in many ways, and then it kind of just like fell to pieces. Yeah, you know, armed, almost like an army. They were at one point. With God, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know anything. I mean, I knew about Osho. Yeah. You know, and it's more. You know, and I think it was a shame they didn't really have that much about his teachings or why people were so engrossed with him and just dedicated their lives to him. You know, this, and I can see why it's Netflix. You know, and it was a hell of a story to tell, but you want to know how much if that was Sheila, you know, a hell of a lot of it by the look of it. But there's, like, you know, it's he, he wasn't a cult leader. He's got, he's, you know, he knows, he knows, he knows what to do. <laughs> you know, he know he's, he's been in the presence of God or whatever, you know, and it's a shame that wasn't really there's a lot of more. you know he's got a lot of wisdom we've got a few of his books mm. got a few of the card decks and stuff like that that we use right. and the wisdom and the knowledge that comes through there's no doubt it's empowering yeah, and it's yeah. deep right. and it can really help your life yeah. um, but like you say it was Netflix so they're going to put a slant on it but it definitely um it took a turn anyway. Yeah, yeah. It definitely took a turn. So we've taken a bit of a turn. So I'll, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll try and bring this one back. So we started talking about birds and you love mm. the birds. So, you know, you're a published author now and you've got how many books out there now? I think it's about 11, I think. Wow. I think so. 11 or 12. Um, how did the first one come about? Well, that was... Uh, really, it started off as... Um, a blog post on Caught by the River. Um, so I've been doing some work for Caught by the River, who's run by the Heavenly Record guys. Um, so like Jeff Barrett and Robin and Andrew, and the, it was kind of a, just, this was like good, I don't know how long they've been going now. I don't know, 10 years or something like that. You know, it's that early stages of those kind of blog kind of websites. And there's mainly about music and nature but mainly about fishing and I'd been doing a logo for them and I was really into what they were doing and um, and I was chatting with Jeff about saying oh I'd like to, you know I want to contribute to the to the blog but I, I don't know how and he's like well what are you into and I was like I really you know I really like birds that's like been my thing since I was a kid and he was just all right just paint it as your favorite bird we call it Matt's Bird of the Week and it's just like brilliant so I painted the blue tit and um just was at my desk and I had some watercolours there I thought I'll just use that you know didn't think I had no idea so I just painted them the watercolours and then was like that's doesn't really that nice painting but it didn't really sum up this thing for me about blue tits because they were there from right they really sparked my uh, inquisitive in making it the, the pictures of birds that would paint my illustrations or whatever the, the markings had to be right 
you know, because for it, it's just like, I just draw like a shape of a bird and you quite often see, oh, it's just a bird, you know, rather than having the markings in the right place. And I remember coming back from a, a job in Brighton and seeing a blue tip up close and was had like a proper like shining moment of like, just look at it, like why it's got this blue bit at the top, it looks like it's wearing these glasses and I didn't realise it was so yellow as well. You know, this kind of had a like a real and I everybody sees blue tits every day, you know, and I you know, and and that was the thing and I got went back and I just I painted one. And this was must have been in like two thousand or something like that. And um so it's always been the blue tits always been there as like this I use it as a bit of a logo and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, and so I did I wrote a couple of sentences about it just quite a charming little sweet little sentence you know and then for the next one I think I did a goldfinch and then wrote a bit more and then the next one wrote a bit longer and it was like ah, oh, this could be a book and at the same time Jeff bought so as well and they were doing books with HarperCollins at the time um, where they'd have lots of people writing on nature or rivers like Jarvis Cocker and uh, Bill Drummond and people like that you know like so properly good you know and they were putting me out there and uh start working with my agent simon and he got me in with ebrew well actually it was with harper collins for a while they sat on it for a year and then offered me a contract and then turned and then said they weren't going to do it which is really weird <laughs> uh yeah and then i so i thought oh, that's at that point i thought well, that's it that's not nothing's going to happen again but that's when jeff introduced me to simon and then you know, been working with him since. Um, Eleven yeah. books later. Yeah, exactly. And, That's amazing. And so it's been the the books have been with two different publishers. Um, so it's more like the original ones, the Our Garden Birds and Songbirds, and the small books. Um, and I mean, like the first one I did, that didn't know how it was going to go at all, and I was honestly thought it was going to get pulped. I saw it as a bit of a. Uh, just a bit of an art project in a way, do you know what I mean? Just like, oh, it's my chance to paint all of these birds, brilliant, and and write about them. And it was in that first book, the writing in it is goes right back to when I was a kid. You know, this time of like buzzing off birds and seeing them for the first time and thinking, oh, it looks like this. So it has that feel about it. And I kind of wrote, I just went back to then and wrote all of this stuff, like seeing the a jackdaw walking down the road like he's carrying a pair of ra radiators under each wing kind of you know and it's all this stuff from being little like growing up on the farm you know what I mean just kind of and um, yeah uh, and it seemed and it worked you know, it, I love that it, it just it chimed with people and and luckily a few years after that got you know got next book deal and then after that it was kind of like one a year up to sometimes two a year or whatever, and that was a bit too much, but yeah. That's amazing, I think what's, like, what I take from that as well, it's like, the first one you do and you're like, you didn't really set yourself any big expectations, you're like, it's gonna get pulped, but at least I'm gonna get to express myself and have fun and be that five year old self again, yeah. and bring all that through, rather than sometimes people will do stuff and go, oh, this is gonna be a bestseller and I'm gonna, go all over the world with it and you yeah. know we know what our mind can be like at times but to, that's really that's great that you had that focus on it to be to let that lie and just be like yeah I'm going to bring that personality through yeah through it yeah 
I'm interested to know, do you do any other commissions now? Are you mainly just focused on doing your own stuff, like doing the books and, and doing other products, or do you actually still work on commissions? Yeah, I, you know, it's gone quiet, basically, because I think it's what happens... I think you you kind of attract work as well in a sense and because I've been so focused on the books it's kind of took over like massively and uh, people do get in touch for paintings and bits and pieces like that you know I haven't worked I haven't worked with a brand or anything like that for a while or something you know I'll, um, um, but I think it's just a quiet time for that in general I think a lot of people are saying but um I'm carrying on, just trying to do my own things again. And I license my images as well, which has been, you know, moderately successful really. It's quite a nice little learner in a way. So that's, so all of the um, artwork from my books are licensed to different people. So calendars, uh, homewares, kind of, um, cards, wooden postcards, they seem to be everywhere at the minute. Um, yeah, bits and pieces like that. So just kind of, it's one of those things. Every quarter, get you know, get a check kind of thing. Happy days. It, yeah, yeah. That's something that you know we've had a very a shift in our mindset of wanting to develop more products because once you're out there, once you've done it, potentially that thing can be making you money while you're sleeping. But yeah. if you're working on a commission, you're selling your time. Mm. But if you're creating a product, you're putting that investment in time at the beginning, getting it right. And it's out there. Mm-hmm. Some of them may do well, some might not. That's all right. But if you just keep going with them, some will pick up. And then, like you say, every few months you get a check and you're like, yeah, happy days. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. One of these reasons that I was really um, felt like I wanted to get you on the podcast is because you know, the fact that, would you say your books are very much going more to like children? On the old, or is it like, there's a, even though I bought one, I've mm-hmm. got one and we've not got any kids yet. <laughs> um, but do you think there's like a, that's one of the main with the recent ones I've done yeah. they are children's books <laughs> so that so there's the dinosaurs the big bird spot and forgotten beasts so they're the bigger the bigger ones recent ones they're kind of, they're kids books but yeah. they're still in the, in the same kind of vein is but the original books they cover the whole yeah you know I didn't aim them at anyone I kind of like I said, like a lot of it was these kind of young thoughts, whatever. So they have that kind of element, but also I want to charm people into thinking, into like taking more notice and think, oh, right, okay. Or chime with people in the sense of like, they think that, you know, I like to kind of, it's almost like tapping into like a, a shared consciousness of like people going, I thought that about that bird that was on my bird table the other day I saw how it bullied the other ones off or you know and oh yeah I think it looks like that as well you know this kind of thing which is and people that that thing like really works with like all ages you know I've had letters from proper old days you know getting fruity with me <laughs> you know or from like tiny little kids in like Melbourne or something you know it's proper the whole shebang you know and People want to use my artwork for weddings and, uh, you know, tattoos and, you know, or want things to remember people who've passed, you know, which is really touching. And it's like covers every 
aspect but I don't personally don't really think that's all my work I think that's birds you know because they are this universal symbol you know a lot for a lot of people and they can from the bird song to what they look like to um, you know how they how they are and their folklore around them they mean so much to people you know and it's like and it's I didn't in the, it, it, it is a bit of like an evergreen topic you know with them and as much as I want to move on and do other stuff like it's really nice to know that I've always got got the birds there you know because there'll always be more stuff to do with them you know absolutely so, yeah that's really interesting and I think like you say it's a universal thing and what I love about it is that's going to encourage people to be out more in nature and to be more engaged in it and it's so important for our health our well-being everything mm. the way we live now we can live in these boxes we can just get in another box to drive somewhere else go into a, an office block mm. you know and if we're not careful especially if you live in cities and stuff yeah you can be completely cut off from that so any way that people can tap back into it and then encourage them to get out there and get more knowledgeable in it that's can only be doing good a lot yeah. of good in my mind yeah well, exactly. and that's why I've got in the back of the book got the spotting and jotting section where you tick them off you know because a lot of birders will do that in their bird books anyway just right next to it where they've seen it or whatever you know but to be like that's what you do if you see them give it a tick and if it, if it does mean you get out then that's amazing you know and get kids to get the parents to go out and you know that's definitely one side of it yeah. So that's good that you saw that. <laughs> Talking about um, spotting <clears throat> birds, have you have you watched the film A Big Year? I haven't. Is that Jack Black in that? Jack Black, Steve Martin, and Owen Wilson. I've been meaning. Oh really? Oh what a lineup! Yeah. No, I need to see. You know it. what? I came across it just randomly, and anyone who doesn't know what the Big Year is, it's like basically North America. People see how many they can spot as many birds as they can in a year. Yeah. And I think this was going back. This is quite, I don't know, ten twenty years um, potentially, and. It just follows this journey of it. It's so beautifully shot, and the birds and the nature is incredible on it. Just following their journey, I think someone like spot over seven hundred birds in wow. a calendar year. Wow. Um, blue-titted booby is one that rings a uh, blue-footed booby. There you go, blue-footed booby. That <laughs> blue-titted booby. Blue-titted booby. <laughs> <laughs> a good job I've got an expert with birds. You can, <laughs> can correct me, but I think that was a very rare one that they um, right. that they got out. But um, yeah, so check it out. It's definitely yeah, will do. Definitely worth watching. Um, so you talk about spotting and jotting and I noticed that there's a spotting and jotting club is there that's been like it's a bit of a regular at certain festivals like Glastonbury and Green Man yeah that's kind of like the more of the yeah the group with it in the sense that it was that was another thing kind of came through Caught by the River really there were I think it was probably even before I had the books out but they were like they were running areas in festivals so they would have their own Big Ten, and because of Heavenly, you know, they've got all links to everyone in the music business, never mind their own bands and upcoming bands, and then, so that would be in the evening, and then during the day, there would be all the writers and other people, like poets and uh, documentary filmmakers and stuff who contribute to the site, they'll go and do their talk, and my thing was, like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'll... Uh, like draw birds for people teach people how to draw birds so you kind of I'll really simply show you how to draw a blue tit or whatever you know and um, 
and then I'll pick the dry chat about the birds a bit, you know, and um, and that's that's been a really a really good a really good thing from being quite strange to doing it to like hundreds and hundreds of people, you know, from little from like a little room full of people to you know hundreds in like Green Man and stuff like that, and uh, it it can be proper panic inducing you know but and then but I'm buzzing at the end of it at the, you know because that's because it is a strange thing to be going from just being in this room you know to then suddenly and I could be just like here by myself all day and then get in the car and go and do something you know especially when there's a book out and going and then yeah suddenly be having 30 people staring back at me like entertain us you know what I mean it's kind of quite strange and yeah yeah, it's it's not something I'll, I have to get myself geared up for it, you know, and it's good. Like in the summer, there's more of those things happen, so that's good. You know, I can kind of get into a into a flow with it. But yeah, it's people are always like really chuffed, especially all the people you know who don't draw, you know, and they'll come back, they'll come up to me, oh, look at my wren, you know, and you're like, it's perfect little wren. You just I didn't know I could draw a wren, you know, but it's that it's really you know it's a really nice thing to do. Yeah. And what that seems to me is that you're helping there, like all the people, you know, drawing wrens and stuff. It's they're tapping into their own inner child, yeah. something that can has potentially been forgotten for decades and decades, but it's still there and mm. it can still be nurtured and it can still be all that element of play. And it feels to me like you're you're very much riding the wave of something that's very much needed at the moment around creativity, tapping into nature, being more surrounded by that thing. So it must feel good for you, you know, knowing that that's what your career is and that's what you're doing. Who knows how you're. Ex- would have thought it would have panned out. I'd imagine mm. you seem to me like you've got more of a you go with your gut and what feels right and I'm gonna do this yeah. and I'll just see where it goes rather than charting this very clear path for myself. It seems like it's gonna be more like I'll go that way for a little bit and yeah. Just and then that's the that's your process, that's your journey. Mm. So. Yeah, no but it's exactly it's so difficult to especially in this kind of freelance way to have to have a to have a plan, I think. I mean, I, well, I've never had one, so who knows? But yeah, it's it's kind of it's more fun that way. Draw your own map, isn't it? Yeah, that's it, definitely. And just see where things go, because I found for me it's like if you have too much of a plan, too clear on stuff, you can end up totally restricting your potential, because mm. you only be able to see so far ahead when actually it could be so much more amazing for you. So. Yeah, it's interesting. It's good chatting with you and hearing all this stuff. So I noticed that you've done some activism, really, some work in that, you know, with a Greenpeace. Yeah. Painting me over with the, the Wings of Paradise campaign. Yeah. How did, tell us a little bit about that. How did that come about? That was, um, yeah, another thing is through through the birds, basically, you know, and um, was contacted uh, because I knew the girl who was working on the project, um, uh, but she, you know, she knows my work has probably been 100% of our birds for so long. And um, it's a fantastic project. Um, and I was used in quite a big way for it. <clears throat> you know, I was all highlighting the um, habitat loss in uh, Papua New Guinea and surrounding areas for um, palm oil. You know, so they're just, def- you know, just slash and burn all these amazing old rainforests full of incredible wildlife, never mind the birds, but you know, that's what we're focusing on. And um, 
so yeah the birds of paradise and i got to paint lots of birds of paradise that had been then um printed up and then posted around the world and they were used as in like kind of street art campaigns and uh and also there's a whole mural uh campaign lots of different artists around the world all painting um birds of paradise huge walls and things like that and yeah it's really great thing to get involved in and and especially you know to share that love again you know with but with birds and it's so i've always tried to have that in my work you know try to highlight to people you know we need to kind of cherish birds because they might not be here you know and especially how you know things are going in our lifetime we could lose a lot of birds from britain and uh and that's quite that is such a thing these amazing birds the birds you know but they're not called birds of paradise for for nothing they're incredible and some of the 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 uh the the courtship dances that have unreal you know and they can just be wiped out just so we can have you know some cheap oil you know it's ridiculous you know and um yeah but i think it has that global thing of a lot of a lot of uh species so yeah, it's nice to be able to to contribute to that. One thing that really like sticks with me and stuff is like, for us to we're fortunate now in the creative industries, and I can't think of anything better than to actually be using my skills to actually be actively involved in the causes that I believe in that can either help the environment, help the planet, help the animals, whatever that might be. I think the more of us that can step up and do some more stuff like that and, and think about the whole not necessarily just our lives and what affects us then it seems like that was gonna it's gonna plant a lot of good seeds for the future yeah um yeah and it is it's worrying as you say you know in our lifetime next 30 40 50 years we could lose a lot i'm very passionate as well about um, i'm doing a project which is um looking at going to be supporting dolphins orangutans and stuff like that around mm. the world and hearing about it you know in indonesia Obviously, it'll be happening then birds of paradise, yeah. but the same with the orangutans, they're yeah, just getting yeah. wiped out. So many are becoming orphans. And I think it's in the last 40 years, something like we've wiped out 50 or 60% of the, the world's population of animals. You think, what does that say? Does that mean in the next 20, 30, 40 years? Mm-hmm. So there'll probably be 20 billion humans, but there'll be no, hardly any animals left. And then we'll just fall off a cliff, a cliff and probably collapse. Yeah. As, the human race will potentially be wiped out so mm. it feels like me i'm so passionate about like finding things we can do right now okay we need to change course yeah. we have got to go in a different direction and you know i'm not saying i'm doing this is what the reason behind doing the podcast but the people i like to talk about i want to be able to get some people's messages out i want to be inspiring people through their mm. stories so other people can step up and go i'm going to get involved as well i'm going to use whatever skills i've got and some people might say well it's okay for you matt because you're an illustrator so you can do that but it doesn't really matter what you are where you work mm. we can all contribute and and be active in some ways so that's my two pennies worth wow. that's amazing big up totally. big up so with everything going on for you and you know you've got these books and all the stuff you do how do you is there anything key for you that keeps you focused so you can, you know, you know you've got to come in and, you know, to work on your own, you've got to be disciplined. Mm. Is there anything that keeps you on track with that or that has helped you throughout the time? Uh, music, I guess, is the, 
that's my I mean yeah it's I think without music it I mean I can suddenly find myself oh I've had no music on all day you know but that's because I've been so into something I've been writing I can't I find writing really difficult and um I have to be almost like in a cocoon like I with my family at least like five miles away you know what I mean um but apart from that it's usually solid music all day um I love finding new things, going off down wormholes, you know, on YouTube or whatever. Uh, you listen to NTS a lot. Do you know NTS? That's no. really like online radio, which, you know, you you, you might hear a bit of Fleetwood Mac or something like that from oh, yeah. time to time, but everything else is just all usually totally new, you know, or old that you've never heard. You know, it's that for me is a similar thing to... To, to nature you know spotting birds in a sense you know hearing something that's really like affects you you know and I st- that's something else I don't ever want to lose like you know I've never been one just to constantly listen to the same bands or whatever like that you know I'm never bored by music because I'll always be finding out new things you know but I've I've got a good advantage I can just sit there with whatever on all day you know yeah. um but yeah, but also I try to exercise, you know, if I'm not, um, if I'm not like at least running on my bike or something or getting the dog out for a walk, I know I'll start, I'll start going a bit mental. It's all, it's all balance, I think. And in that, I include that with everything. And, and it's been, it's been, it has been really difficult the last few years. And, um, and I'm including like friendships in that balance you know I'm really making an effort now with my mates to call them up and stuff like that because that's been out of the you know just don't really see that many people anymore I speak to my good old mates and stuff like that and and also what happened recently after I finished this massive project the the last book and then I had Christmas off and then it was like I need to get everything sorted like redid my studio and I didn't want to work anywhere but then I did then I kind of got myself into a bit of a trap of like sorting the studio out I couldn't do anything until I'd done that and I think the creativity had come out of the balance and I started to go feel mental you know it was just like this is so even that there's something that like just being creative feels I always kind of see that as being a bit of a like um a freebie do you know what I mean like that's like oh you're just doing that because you can you know but it's like no it's an integral part of my life and I think in the past when I've really struggled it's because I haven't been able to be creative and it really eats me up and it's and I apologize to ex-girlfriends <laughs> you know what I mean it's being a moody bastard and it's just like it's because I've been trapped in a, in a job and I haven't been able to do it and then you get home and you you know you just want to have a drink or smoke or whatever and watch film you know and that's it you know and but you don't realize you know i think for i'm and i'm not sure this is only just something i've only it's only just dawned on me so i'm sure a lot of other people probably felt the same way that it is like an integral part of just the system you know so yeah i think that balance is the uh is is the key you know um so yeah juggling that's what i like to do (laughs) 
you know, I can totally uh, relate with that as well. It's like we very much, I think, and I think everyone needs it. They need an outlet, a creative outlet of whatever, whether that's writing poetry or singing. Could just be singing in the car mm. as you try, you know, some way of just releasing something because things can be so scripted for us and already and it's like yeah we need we need that release so so how do you do you have a set way of in terms of working like okay i'm going to get in for this time and i'm going to stay on it until this time or do you go with the flow yeah i have to you know like just work shifts so it's quite often we have to do this kind of relay system with the kids drop notes like it's outside of town now it's a bit got the dog to walk and stuff and do 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 but it all seems to work out so I quite like it it's different I can have a longer day or if I've got a lot and I'll come in early you know if I'm writing like I said I like to be in early at least like seven and then I'll write till about nine and then it just starts getting too busy and it's like the radio has been turned on and I can't ignore it you know but with with painting I can just sit down and it. it just flows yeah just anytime yeah. yeah just about there yeah, there's some there's some days where it's like you know swimming in treacle you know i can't it's impossible but that's when you have to recognize that and go sorry i'm just gonna you know go for a wander take the dog out you know go up into the hills go on the bike go for a swim you know just go looking for old records you know it's just that you know that's i think that's been a, a theme was what was good to recognize that when it's not going to happen you know and this normally comes with a hangover you know <laughs> I mean, you're just like well that's how it is you know but yeah and yeah i think that's key it. and it's, i think it's refreshing as well for people who be listening to this who some of them may just be starting out or whatever in the career to realize you know someone you've been doing what, 20 years maybe and you'll still yeah, have them longer. days where it's not working mm. and i think that's refreshing to hear that because we can all feel like that. Like mm. you say, hangover or whatever, or you just wake up and you're not feeling in that space. Yeah. But one thing I do like, I think that's interesting is because even though naturally the art will come, you know, flow through you, where with the writing that you talk about going way back when thankfully that teacher seems like she played a really crucial role in you, helping you to flip the way you'd write sentences in. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's really helpful with you writing now, but to give you something, to do something now which is more challenging for you, I think it's important that we've always got a you know, push our comfort zones and to push outside the box a little bit and to do them things. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And I'm I'm taking on at the minute taking on new stuff that I know I have to push myself because I've been very comfortable with what's been happening. Not comfortable in in the workload or the subject matter because I'm having to do like you know with dinosaurs and stuff. It's all new areas and stuff but you know i can it's sitting there painting watercolors and then and then writing you know but i need to be hasn't been as you know because of that i haven't really my other side of stuff of artwork other styles hasn't you know has totally fallen to the wayside so i'm going to really push that now and also more with like try my do my own music and stuff need to you know push push the other other sides because yeah it's definitely you've got to be wary I think of suddenly being like oh, this is what I'm known for and you know and sometimes you know you do like I've done like a google search or whatever looking for something and all that comes up is like my book covers or something and just like well I don't really want to be remembered just for that you know and um, 
or just being the birdman, you know, because it's about my artwork in the end of the day, you know. So try to, I'm definitely trying to expand my horizons a bit. So do you think there's an element of when you were talking before you went travelling and you were getting frustrated with your commissions and stuff, you think not necessarily to that frustration because you obviously love the books and the birds, but do you think there's an element of wanting to kind of, you know, reinvent yeah. yourself in some way and, and shoot off in there? Okay, you know, I've got all them books. It's great. I can mm-hmm. continue to do books for the next thirty years if I want. Yeah, and maybe you still will. Um, but yeah, it... no, no, ma- massively, massively, and it's the kind of, and it's, it's a hard thing to own up to because, like, to some people, it's you know, it's just like you've got the dream, the dream job going on, you got this and that, but it gets to a point where you're getting so far down the line. I need to, and I still feel like you know I'm 42, but I still feel like young man. I've got a lot to got a lot to give. I'm still really creative. Got loads of styles going on, you know, and, and yeah. But it is having to take that leap, in a sense, and um, and like I was saying before, things will come from that work, you know, that I'm gonna, you know, I want to do bigger paintings, like proper, maybe have a show, you know, maybe not, just paint big, you know, again, and. You know, trying to work on some fiction as well so who knows what will happen with that have you got anything particularly in mind that you're looking to jump into in the in the near future I'd um, yeah this I mean right I've had like a story in my head that's I've, I've had loads of little ideas for kids stories kind of thing and then but I've got this kind of overarching kind of story and I've like this like last two weeks I've been trying to pin that down into a, like an actual not a story but just get it worked out how you know, in it could be I say it could be like an animated series in a sense um, or it could be a little or it could be a novel um, but we'll see it's it's the hardest thing is just trying to get it all written down in a sense of like how is this going to work and it's but it's been really nice because I've, I've like made a playlist of like the different characters, different feels, different situations and stuff, and uh, I'm finding that really, uh, really nice, really a real nice thing to do. Um, and uh, but there'll be more, there'll be there'll be more books, and there'll be more kind of all of the licensing stuff are still going. I got I got a huge bird book coming out in October, which is the an atlas of birds, so you know painted loads of birds from around the world, which is fantastic. Um, but yeah, I really want to. I and I really want to paint. Just paint big. That's been my. It's been my thing for a while now. That I do. I love it when I get to paint a mural and stuff like that. It feels it feels very different to just being sat at a desk. You know, just having this big wall to look at. You know, and um, and I want to kind of get that onto a canvas. You know, so yeah. Um, Sounds exciting. Yeah, no, it's good. Sounds it's good. Exciting. And uh, yeah, just hope I can keep afloat and keep the family in uh, muesli or whatever <laughs> you know <laughs> you know at the same time is you know trying it's you know that's the thing it seems a bit selfish but then it's like well no this is how this is this is my job you know and I think you have to kind of stop on stay on top of things and you want to you want to keep people interested in what I do and also expand my people who like my work because to a lot of people I'm probably just like that just another kind of commercial illustrator in a sense who's done books and this and that but you know I've, I feel like I've got a lot more 
sort of thing. I've got a lot more to do as well. And um, yeah, it's, yeah, it feels like a good good time to start, you know. new. still feels like the new year to me because I haven't really started anything since that, since Christmas. I got, that pro- the, got the book handed in before Christmas and so I haven't really done anything since then. So it still feels like this is the time to get going. Yeah, yeah. something's bubbling away. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think our chat's coming close to an end, but before we finish, I always just like to uh, ask people, because, you know, so since this podcast is all about sharing what good people are doing, what advice would you potentially give someone who's looking to go out there and do their own little bit of good, whether that wanting to become an illustrator or just anything just to spark something? I think that for people to do things in that sense, it has to really... It has to come from the right place, rather than like searching for oh I'm gonna do this, oh, I'm gonna have a go, that oh that'd be good. It has to you have to know right from the start, right inside that that's the most positive thing you can do in a sense because if it's coming from the right place, people can see that totally, you know, and that's exactly what I was talking about with with the bird blocks in the in there, especially the first one, how it just got right. It came from the purest kind of thing, that's where it came from. And people got that and people loved it, you know. And and that in the same way is if you want to go out and do something, it has to be the same, you know, because then people will get the passion and understand it totally without even doubting it or thinking about it, you know. You just can tell that it's coming from the right place, you know, and it's not pushed, so, yeah. It's about being true to yourself more than anything, I think. I love that. That seems like a great way to pretty much bring it to a close. But before we do, how can people, what's the best way for people to, to check out your work, find out about your books, what you're doing? Yeah. I don't want to say any websites or anything like that because I think everyone should go to a bookshop and have a look for themselves, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm on Instagram. I've got my website, you know. And the... Yeah, I think, but yeah, have a look at my website, matsul.co.uk. You know, I need to update it. I think that's everybody's websites these days, isn't it? It's, that's the tagline when it comes to your website, need to update it. Yeah, but I've always, oh, yeah, literary film. I was at literary certain here on festival, I'll be at again, hopefully this year and stuff like that. So if you want to come and draw some birds, come and have a go. Um, but yeah. As well. So anyway, Matt, I really appreciate our chat today. Thanks very really much. Really enjoyed it. Nice one, mate. Cheers. So there we have it guys, another episode wrapped up. I hope you enjoyed this one. Like always, all the show notes and links that I've talked about are all are all below. So feel free to go check them out and check out Matt's work. See the rest of his, his portfolio and all the things he does. He really is it. He's quite a talent. And if anything, I just want what people to take from this episode is just to get out more, go more out in our gardens see what's around us you know we don't necessarily have to go far and wide to appreciate nature it's right on our doorsteps and we only have to open our windows or step outside just to to get get that fix that we need to to tap back in and to listen to the birds that's my little tip from this episode so anyway until next time have a good one (laughs) 